John 1, verse 43, Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you come to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, the miracle is that you speak, that you speak and you give us ears to hear. We pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would speak and open our ears and open our hearts to the good news, your good news. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So last week we hosted the story of Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. This week, though, we are back on dry land. Only a couple steps later in the timeline. Jesus is out and about this time and he's gathering followers, calling disciples in Galilee. And he finds this one guy, Philip. Jesus shows up and he lays it all out to Philip in one simple phrase. Follow me, he says. Follow me. And Philip does just that. Philip follows Jesus and immediately goes to telling other people about him. I mean, imagine if it were only this easy. I mean, I could walk, just walk out outside. People are shopping downtown. I just walk up. I'm like, follow Jesus. People are like, okay, sure. They come to church, sit in the pews. Follow Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. Philip is an easy catch as they come. Jesus says, follow me, and Philip does it. Others, though, they aren't quite so easy to rope in. Some other people are skeptical. Skeptical. First guy Philip tries to recruit is Nathaniel. We don't know much about Nathaniel. His name only shows up in John's gospel. None of the others, but Philip runs to him and is like, Nathaniel, we found the guy that the Bible's been talking about. We found the Messiah. 
The one sent by God to set the world right, and you'll never guess who it is. That guy, Jesus. Jesus, the son of that carpenter, Joseph. You know, the guy from Nazareth. But Nathaniel, as I said, is skeptical. You know, as soon as Nathaniel hears the word Nazareth, he makes one of those stink faces, you know, sort of like, oh, no. No, no, no. You know the, you know the face, the ooh, just shakes his head. Mm, mm. Nazareth, he says, Nazareth, what good ever came out of that place called Nazareth. Nazareth, yuck. There's no way the Messiah is coming out of there. The word itself just makes Nathaniel's whole body sort of clench up. But why? Well, I mean, Nazareth is remote, out of the way, far off the beaten path. It's real rural. It's a backwater, they'd say populated by nothing but ignorant farmers. It's a little redneck, as we'd say, where I'm from. As I said, I'm from Alberta. Nazareth ain't no Jerusalem. It ain't no New York. It ain't no Vancouver. It's just not the kind of place good stuff ever comes from, let alone the Messiah, let alone the Son of God. So it's just a rhetorical question, because Nathaniel's answer is nothing at all good ever came out of Nazareth. He was just sort of passive-aggressively saying that without saying it. Now let's take a poll. Raise your hands. How many of you here cringe at the word Nazareth? Feel free to raise your hand. No judgment. No judgment at all. Nobody. Nobody. Of course. I mean, Jesus' Jewishness probably bothers more people today than the latitude and longitude of his hometown, where he's from, isn't just, just isn't an obstacle for any of us like it is for somebody like Nathaniel. But the truth is that we all have our own Nazareths. We all have our own Nazareth, our own places where we'd Never expect good to come from, ever. We have our own Nazareth, even several of them. We have our literal places. I mean, Nathaniel's reaction is kind of like the one I got when I told all of you that I'm from Alberta, right? <laughs> or if you told people you're a place from, like, I'm from rural Alabama, or... I'm from Afghanistan, or I'm from South Sudan, or I'm from the ghetto, I'm from the res. What kind of good could ever come out of those places? But we've also got Nazareth situations. I mean, what kind of good could ever come out of, say, cancer? What good could ever come out of losing someone we love? What good could ever come out of abuse, heartache, suffering, failure, stuff we do, or even stuff that happens to us. We look at it, scoff, and say, what could, could come from this? And maybe most of all, we've got our Nazareth people, not just the band Nazareth. <sighs> Sorry. Some of us can't imagine 
good coming out of somebody with a lot of money or somebody with no money. Too much education, not enough education, somebody's past criminal record or otherwise, we're probably most skeptical these days about somebody who doesn't share our politics. They're either too conservative or too progressive, too woke or not woke enough. And I mean, there was a time in my own life where I took one look at church and thought, what good could come out of people like that? Oh, God has a sense of humor. I also know that several of you have guiltily told me that you have a lot of trouble seeing much good coming out of anybody hunched over in an alleyway with a crack pipe in their hand. We all have our own Nazareth. It could be deserved, it could be undeserved, whether it's a place, a personal situation, or a person could even be ourselves. We all have our own Nazareth. So what is yours? What's yours? Who is yours? Where is yours? Once you figure that out, you'll kind of get why the fact Jesus comes from Nazareth is a big deal. It's a place we'd least expect to ever find goodness. What good could come out of Nazareth? And yet... If we keep reading the story, we find out that the place where goodness is least likely to be found, that's exactly where the goodness comes from, or at least comes out of, at least according to our scripture. Philip says that Jesus is the Messiah, Nathaniel's not buying it at first, Nazareth is a no-fly zone for anything or anyone good, let alone goodness itself, nah But you know, Philip, he's persistent. He's like, come on. I mean, come on, man. I know you're skeptical, but just come and see. Like, it isn't, we're not going to sign you up for anything. Uh, nobody's going to baptize you yet or make you drink any Kool-Aid of any kind. Uh, just have an open mind, he says, and meet the guy. Just, just come and see. He says, just come and see. Which, as an aside, is, is good evangelism. It's good sharing of the gospel. It's, it's how good evangelism works. It's not pushy, arrogant, or rude, or judgmental. It's just kind of like, come and see. Come and see. So Nathaniel takes a moment to suspend his prejudices. He puts his prejudgments about Nazareth aside, and he follows Philip straight to Jesus. And you know, as soon as Nathanael walks in, Jesus spots him and says, there he is. This, this is the guy. This guy here is a true Israelite, not a drop of deceit in him, which is to say, this guy's as honest as they come. Nathanael doesn't think anything good could come out of Nazareth, but good is all the guy from Nazareth can see in Nathanael. Jesus sees good in him. Of course, Nathaniel's a little bit puzzled by this because he's never met the guy. You don't even know me, he replies. Now, here's kind of a weird part, a part we don't quite understand. Of course, I know you, Jesus responds. I saw you down, down there by the fig tree before Philip even thought about seeing you. Like, was 
Nathaniel crying down by a fig tree sometime? Was he crushed under a fig tree as a child and had a near-death experience? I mean, there are theories, but we don't exactly know what this means. What we're sure about, though, is that Jesus knows something about Nathaniel that nobody else knows or could know. As Sarah says, he's got a window into his soul. Jesus has a window into the human soul. But the fig tree remark, Jesus knowing Nathaniel, is what wins Nathaniel over. Rabbi, Nathaniel says, Rabbi, truly you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus knows this about him. And boom, Nathaniel is a convert. Nathaniel's in a convert. Jesus knows something about him that nobody else knows. But there's a bit more to it than a little clairvoyance, you could say. If you believe, Jesus says, if you believe on account of the fact that I saw you under the fig tree, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because you're going to see greater things even than this. You're going to see heaven itself open right up, and you're going to see angels going up and coming down, and they're going to land right on me, the Son of Man. I mean, admittedly, this is a bit of a weird thing to have somebody say to you. Unless, of course, you know the Old Testament. Unless you know the Old Testament. The whole angels up and down thing is a reference to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the dream of Jacob, one of the patriarchs of Israel. Jacob had this dream where there were angels traveling up and down a ladder to heaven, and that God herself was between them. You know that song, We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder? That's a reference to that. Or even, perhaps, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Well, Jacob understood that dream as a revelation, so when he woke up from it, he named the place Beth-El, meaning surely the Lord is in this place. Beth-El, because it was a place where the curtain dividing heaven and, heavenly and the earthly was open, allowing for traffic between the two. Beth-El, because it was a thin place where Jacob encountered the divine, the creator of the universe, right then and there on this ladder to heaven. What Jesus is saying here is that he himself is the Beth-El, the place where God is found. What he's saying is that in him the gates of heaven and earth, the seen and unseen, they've been flung open wide, and that the temple of the curtain of the temple has been torn. What he's saying is that the ladder between heaven and earth that he's the ladder between heaven and earth. And that in him, Nathaniel could come and see to be in the very presence of the living God. In the flesh. Surely the Lord is in this place. And where did he come out of? The answer is Nazareth. Nathaniel couldn't imagine anything good coming out of Nazareth, and yet, when he's willing to put his skepticism aside, he discovers that good can indeed come out of Nazareth. Not just something good or good in general, but goodness in particular. 
goodness itself, the very definition of goodness, comes out of Nazareth, because Nazareth is exactly where goodness itself came out of after he took on flesh and dwelt among us at Bethlehem at Christmas. What good could come out of Nazareth? Goodness itself came out of Nazareth in the form of Jesus Christ. God with us. Now the point here isn't that goodness simply came once upon a time to an unexpected place called Nazareth. Remember how I said that we all have our Nazareth. The point is that if goodness in the form of God could come to Nazareth, then it means goodness can come from anywhere, and it can come from anyone. It can come to anywhere and come to anyone. If you've lost someone, if you've had a scary diagnosis, or if you couldn't, can't find a reason to get out of bed in the morning, if you're looking at your life right now and can't imagine goodness coming out of all of this, if that's your Nazareth, then this word is for you. The same goodness that was born in Bethlehem, died violently, and rose unexpectedly on Easter Sunday, the same goodness promises to bring goodness out of your life, even if it seems impossible. It doesn't mean everything's going to be fine exactly the way you want, nor does it mean that everything's going to be easy. But in the words of the Apostle Paul, all things work for good for those who love God, even your Nazareth. Even that. If you're willing to put all those fears and prejudgments aside, then in the same way Jesus promises Nathaniel that in him he's going to see an escalator between heaven and earth, he promises you that heaven is not finished with you yet either. Surely the Lord is in this place. The place you least ever expected him to be. Now, if your issue has less to do with not seeing goodness in yourself and more about not seeing goodness in other people, if you can't see in a particular kind of person, Jew or Muslim, for example, evangelical Christian or evangelical atheist, if you can't see your progressive or your conservative neighbor as anything but an enemy or an obstacle, a source of evil rather than good, if you find yourself driving down cliff and can't see the image of God hidden under dirty clothes in a tarp, or if you're simply having trouble loving somebody close to you and you can't imagine anything more than disappointment if they, she, or he is your Nazareth, then this word is for you too. Wherever goodness seems absent or unlikely, no place or person in creation is off limits to the grace of God. Right now, he's saying the same thing to you as he said to Nathaniel, you don't think any good could come out of here? Just come and see. Take a look. Even if you don't have eyes to see it, even if your heart's too hard or hurt to feel it, because not only is heaven and earth not finished with you yet, heaven's not finished with your neighbor either.
Surely the Lord is in this place, the place you'd least expect him to be. So just come and see. We all have our Nazareths. We all have that place, that person we couldn't imagine goodness coming out of if we tried. I have mine. You have yours. Wherever, whatever, whomever your Nazareth may be, the promise is this. That is where you'll find life, the work of the living God. If you set aside all your biases, if you set aside all your prejudices, and just come and see, because that's the very place that God has been at work. Even a cross, making all things new since before the beginning of time. And I offer this to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.